Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is February 26th of 2023, and we're celebrating the first Sunday of Lent. Today's Gospel comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on a parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you, if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. If you go to Spain, to the city of Barcelona, you'll find a tall mountain with a view that overlooks the entire city. There's a stunning shrine dedicated to the Sacred Heart on the top of this mountain, a shrine built by St. John Bosco. And from the mountain's peak, there's a beautiful view of the other mountains, the city, everything for miles around. Now, precisely because of its beauty, the mountain has a sort of strange name. The place is called Tibidabo, It means, I will give you, in Latin. Now, the reason for this name is that the Spaniards who live in the area were so proud of its beauty and splendor that they claimed that when the devil tempted Christ, the devil brought him to that place, to that mountaintop, and showed him the splendor and beauty of Barcelona and the whole area. It's there, they claim, that Christ was told, Tibidabo, I will give you all this. If Christ had just been shown the hills of Galilee, he could have easily said no. Or at least that's what the Spanish say. But had he been able to say no to the beauty of their mountain and valley and everything else, well then, he truly must be the Son of God. Well, The point isn't that Barcelona must really be the most beautiful place in the world. We won't argue the point. But they should really make us think of our own temptations. How the devil proposes to us the false delights and pleasures of the world in order to make us forsake the eternal ones. As we begin this time of Lent, each year the Church, be it in year A, B, or C, proposes today's Gospel for us regarding the temptations that Christ underwent in the desert. We can see how Christ conquered the devil and also sets for us an example to follow. Often we're afraid of our temptations, but really that that isn't necessary. We know that Christ has already conquered death and sin, as St. Paul tells us. And in the Gospel, we say that he's also conquered temptations. It's for this reason that Luke tells us Christ went into the desert filled with the Holy Spirit. Or as Matthew says, Christ was led by the Spirit to be tempted. 
led by the Spirit for the purpose of being tempted. In a homily, St. John Chrysostom writes, he said, With a view to our instruction, Christ both did and underwent all things. He endures also to be led up there and to wrestle against the devil, in order that each of those who are baptized, if after his baptism he have to endure greater temptations, may not be troubled, as if the result were unexpected, but may continue to endure all nobly, as though it were happening in the natural course of things. This is why you took up arms, not to be idle, but to fight. And for this cause, neither does God hinder the temptations as they come. In other words, that's why we're on this earth. This is the time of fighting. We see with Christ, Christ was led into the desert to be tempted, to give us an example of how to overcome the devil. It's by means of temptations that the devil attacks us. And here, we can learn many things. Let's just consider three. First, temptations keep us humble. They make us grow spiritually, and they assure us that we're walking on the right path. So let's consider each one of those. First, temptations keep us humble, because I'm sure all of us, at some point, when we're tempted, we realize just how weak we are. We see our limitations. Sometimes we're even ashamed at the devil's temptations. We're offended that he thinks that we would fall into something so low and base. But he tempts us because he knows we're weak. And if we don't pay attention, if we don't do everything in our power to avoid sin, we'll fall. Second, temptations help us to become stronger spiritually. Often in the Bible, we hear that God refines or purifies silver. For instance, in the book of Malachi, he says, God will sit refining and purifying silver, and he will purify the Levites, refining them like silver or gold, that they may bring offerings to the Lord in righteousness. For us, perhaps that image of purifying silver really doesn't mean that much, since most of us don't have experience in refining metals. What happens is this. When you refine a metal, you use high temperatures that burn off all the impurities, because metals like silver are usually mixed with other things. But in particular, the process for refining silver is very delicate and involved, because you have to put the metal right in the heart of the flame. And if you put it in there for too long, it ruins the metal. So how does the refiner know when the metal's ready? Well, scholars tell us that there's a dramatic moment when the silversmith knows that all the dross, all the impurities are gone from it. Peering over it, the silver suddenly becomes a liquid mirror in which the image of the refiner is reflected. In other words, the refiner knows it's done because he sees his reflection in it. He sees his face. In the same way, too, God allows us to be tested by fire, the trials and temptations of this life. We all have sins and bad habits that need to be purified. But rather than destroy us, which would happen if, if we were just left to our own devices, left without anything, well, these trials slowly burn away all that's not God. They reinforce time and again our choice of Him. And this process of purification is complete when finally we bear the image of God when we become a reflection of his goodness. Lastly, temptations also assure us that we're on the right path to God. Now, this might seem contradictory, but this is the way it is. As St. John Chrysostom writes, he says that by means of temptation, that wicked devil, who for a while was doubtful of your desertion of him, by temptations may be well assured that you have utterly forsaken and fallen from him. 
Ah, what does that mean? Well, just that the devil wants us to be miserable and with hell, with with him in hell forever. So if God's, if the devil sends us temptations, it's because we don't belong to him definitively. If we were already firmly in his grasp, he wouldn't have to tempt us. In fact, the story is told of a monk who once, to, once went to go speak to his abbot. The monk was happy because he said for weeks he hadn't had any temptations, and the abbot simply replied, You fool. If the devil doesn't send you temptations, it's because you're already in his hands. And briefly, too, we can consider our own lives in each of those three temptations. And one, the devil tempted Christ to use his powers to benefit himself. Now, each of us has our own gifts and talents. How do we use them to serve others? Christ also teaches us, again, as St. John Chrysostom writes, that though we hunger, indeed, whatever we suffer, we must never fall away from our Lord. Are we willing to sacrifice everything in order not to fall into sin? In the second temptation to throw himself down from the temple, the same saint tells us that we were taught that we must overcome the devil, not by miracles, but by forbearance and long-suffering, and that we should do nothing at all for display and vainglory. So we can ask ourselves, are we really patient in the face of temptations, especially the temptation to be impatient? And how quickly do we reject those temptations to vanity, vainglory, popularity, and ambition? In the last temptation, that of adoring the devil as if he were God, we're reminded that any sin sets something in place of God, be it something material or even something spiritual. And when we do this, we we actually set the devil in God's place. So we can ask ourselves, who or what is the most important thing in my life? Is it God or is it something else? As we continue our Lenten journey, Let's ask today, through the intercession of Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows, for the grace to take advantage of our temptations, not to be frightened by them, not to be worried about them, but rather to use them to grow in humility and holiness.